Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad he is with us. Mark's going to join us in just a moment. We'll play around a buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. We'll get into the Grizzlies primarily. We'll also discuss some Tigers. 235, David Cobb's going to join the program. We'll get his thoughts on college basketball. It appears that Ole Miss's flirtation with Chris Beard is now... Perhaps in the define the relationship stage of the relationship. We'll get his thoughts on that. Jim Beheim might have retired. We'll get more college basketball thoughts with Cobb when he joins us here in about 35 minutes or so. 3 o'clock, we're going to get into the list. We'll get into women tiger, women's Tigers basketball. They had a nice uh, comeback win in the second half. We'll discuss what that could mean for them. Lots to also get to from the world of sports. Draymond did it again. Powell Gasol had his jersey retired. And perhaps maybe we'll get into another lawsuit for Tiger Woods and what it could mean. Then Matt Umans is going to join the program. Matt is from VSIN, college basketball gambling guy. He's going to join us at 3.30. We'll get his thoughts as we head into conference championship weekend. But now let's welcome to the program the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. How are you? It's been a long day for me. I'm, uh, I'm looking at the, uh, I think it's the Gulf of Mexico. Um, I'm in Clearwater Beach for about 12, I think like. Are you on the Tampa side? What's, what's that? Are you on the Tampa side? Yeah, Clearwater, yeah, that's the Gulf. Yeah, I think I'm looking at you're the, on the Gulf. West. You're on the West Coast of Florida, correct? Yes. Yeah, you're, uh, you're looking at the Gulf. Yeah, and uh, no, I'm here for like about 18 hours, and then I'm back to Memphis 
and then for tomorrow's Grizzlies Warriors game, and then I'm off to Fort Worth for uh, Tigers. Sounds NBA like a tournament. stiff Gulf breeze. What's that? How's the, how's the? It sounds like a stiff Gulf breeze. Is it? Is, okay, I was wondering. I, I might go. I might have to go back inside if it's not if it's not sounding great. Um, but uh, no, I'm here. I was literally. I'm. I. My wife is like was go, is visiting her parents here uh, while I'm away for the AAC tournament. But as part of the deal, I had to come drop them off. So I literally just like basically boarded a plane for and came here for 18 hours just to help her escort the kids here. Well, we appreciate you taking a little time for us in your radio show. Yeah, you know, taking some time away from uh, the kids going nuts too. from dropping you're, off you're kids. Doing yeah, me a favor too. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, it's exciting times, man. It's like you mentioned the the Bayheim thing is crazy. Um, you know, we've got obviously the the saga that is the Memphis Grizzlies these days. Um, we got Tiger hoops. We're a day closer to. You know, men, the men starting the AAC tournament. The women could are playing for a chance to go to the AAC tournament finals today. Um, exciting times. This is this is just so fun. Like these next few weeks are so fun. Uh, yeah, it'd be better if like the Grizzlies were not. Like I do feel like the Grizzlies put a damper on it, but it's starting to really feel like March. Like we're getting this. I still think tomorrow is really the kickoff of. For, for true degenerates, but we're starting to get some team names we recognize in conference tournament games. Uh, we've already had a buzzer beater. Shout out to Wake Forest on that. They also pushed the number. That was huge. But, yeah, it, it's getting there. And so well, let's let's just get into it. Let's start by sell short or go to Reddit. It's that time on 92.9's Giannato and Jeffrey show where we either buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. All right, Mark. What do you got? All right. For our first buy, sell, shorter, go to Reddit. I can read them if you'd, if you'd Gri- rather me do it. No, it's got to be Grizzlies related. Right. After last night and just everything that's happened, uh, this is going to be a depressing one, Jeffrey. Buy, sell, shorter, go to Reddit. The Grizzlies are doomed to uh, end this season in a disappointing manner. All right, so I've thought about this one. I'm going to short this. Okay. And the reason why I'm going to short this is, doesn't this feel like the prevailing sentiment? I think so. I think right now is as low as Grizzly fans have been maybe since, like, before John Morant was drafted, right? Doesn't it feel like that? This feels like the true – this feels like, yes, the most depressing point in the John Morant era because in the earlier, you know, even year one – when they weren't winning as many games until, like, kind of, you know, what is right around like Christmas when they started. Yeah, had no expectations. Then. Correct. It was just and all hope. It, it was just fun. You know, we we use the we use the analogy. It was like seeing a really good band and you found them in a club one night and, and you mm-hmm. you were with them in the early stages, and then you know they hit. They had their hit. They had their hit record this year, and coming into the year, you know, you look at all the national broadcasts, you looked at all the attention the team was getting, and then your front man started partying too much and trashed a couple <laughs> hotel rooms and uh, got drunk on stage and they had to cancel They had to cancel a show early and you're reading that uh, he's gone off to take care of himself. So th- yeah. this is kind of the life cycle. But in terms of 
you know, is this going to be the lowest point of the Morant era? I, I don't know, but it certainly feels like the lowest point thus far. But because of that, I also think two things are true. I think that they probably were not as good as maybe we wanted to hope during that 11-game win streak. I also don't think— even in November and even like pre-Christmas. Yeah, I mean, when they were fighting it out for the number one seed. Yeah. I also don't think that they're as bad as they're currently playing right now. I think that they're somewhere in between. And the thing that I Mm -hmm. thought was interesting— so if you go look at their winning percentage right now, Mark, they have a uh, 594 win percentage. Okay. In an 82-game season, that translates to roughly 48.7 wins. Okay. Most projections at the beginning of the season showed them as a 48-and-a-half. Like, most over-unders were 48-and-a-half. So the reality is they're still kind of where people expected them coming in. I just think that emotionally right now it feels as bad as it's going to be. But I also want to short it because I think maybe mood is – is probably too strong right now because one thing we've seen with this team all year, they've been very good at home and they've sucked on the road. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? We just come off, it came off another disappointing road trip, but they're going to be home for 10 of the remaining 18 games. They mm-hmm. have the third easiest remaining strength of schedule. The two teams that they're in competition with for maintaining the two seed are the Kings and the Suns, who play each other twice still uh, before the end of the season. But the Suns have the third most difficult remaining schedule, and the Kings have the seventh most difficult remaining schedule. I still think it has time to stabilize. I don't know if Steven Adams is going to be back tomorrow, but don't we agree at some point Steven Adams is returning to the lineup? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think – I think I, – I, I don't know if I'm going to short – I think I'm going to sell this. Um, that is doomed to be disappointing because I, I also think this has happened in the last few weeks is that – because, you know, because we've had really over the last two months, we've had these diminishing returns from the from the Grizzlies. They've really, you know, they've been very up and down and frankly, more down than up, ultimately. And obviously, these last few days have been the nadir, if you will, because with the Jaws whole situation. Um, but doesn't it feel like now people's expectations for the playoffs are getting lowered? Isn't it doesn't it feel like people are like, well, yeah, I don't know. You know, they're the four seed or the three seed. I don't know if they're even going to get out of the first round, you know? And now – I will say, even be- even amongst my friends that, you know, they like the Grizzlies. They're from Memphis. They like the Grizzlies. But I wouldn't call them, like, NBA junkies. Mm-hmm. They're, the common sentiment is, eh, it feels like they're not getting out of the first round. Yeah, and now, when you know, whereas maybe a couple months ago, if you said, well, you know, they'll lose a tough second-round series – you'd be kind of like, well, you know, maybe they could do more than that. You know, they, they feel like they could, you know, that's the West is wide open. Why can't they win the West? Now, if you told me, like, they, they replicate what they did last year, I'd be like, well, that's pretty good, considering everything they've been through, uh, you know, considering what we've seen lately. So I, I don't think it's doomed to end in a disappointing way. Do I think, do I think they have a – legitimate like do I feel confident that they can like get out of the West they have a real chance to get out of the West like I probably you know I think I felt before Christmas no I don't anymore um we've seen too many flaws especially the, the, the you know they're losing games the same way every time <laughs> it's not like they're losing games different ways and you can go like ultimately I'm not convinced that Stephen Adams return is going to be the cure-all for what's 
hurt them in recent months. You know, like I don't think Stephen Adams is going to help them close out fourth quarters. So I, I was looking because it was interesting because you brought this up, and I'm like, okay, everyone's got a theory for why they for why they stink in the fourth quarter, and the mm-hmm. truth is, I think probably everyone's theory probably has some some legs to it. Last night on TNT, was it? It wasn't Shaq. Uh, I can't remember who the other studio guy was. He made the point. Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford made the point that he thinks part of the reason why they start well is youth. So they have mm-hmm. these really fast starts, and then we call them front runners. Correct. And in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter, when the game slows down, it's the same. It's the same adage that everybody else has. Well, they're not a great half court offense. Mm-hmm. I think. I think those things are true. I also think a bigger part of the fourth quarters, and obviously it didn't apply last night or it didn't apply on Sunday night, but Ja has not shot the basketball as well as he did. So it's allowing, and he's you know he's having to go into the lane more, and he's not getting every single call. Dez is not shooting the basketball as well as he did last year. Mm-hmm. Dylan's not even shooting the ball as well as he did last year. So I think it's a, a confluence of, of all of those things. But the one thing that I did think was interesting if you go and you look at the Grizzlies individually in the fourth quarter, there's mm-hmm. one player that's essentially even when he's on the floor, plus minus. That's Jaron. Mm-hmm. And there's one player who's positive in terms of, like, guys that they actually finish with. There's, there's some noise that you have to kind of filter out. The mm-hmm. other is Steven Adams. And mm-hmm. I just think about, like, last night there was another possession where the Lakers got, like, three cracks at it in, in the fourth quarter. I just believe that Steven Adams limits a lot of those possessions to one possession. Does it change their offensive woes? Maybe not, but I think I think it helps them on the defensive end, and that's been another problem in the fourth quarters. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't help. I just don't think it's like it certainly cure-all. is not. Yeah, it is not a it is not an antidote. Yeah, but um, it's happened so much lately, and like let's just be honest. You know, if you look at the I I I, I hear what you're saying. Like Steven Adams has been pretty good in fourth quarters. You look at the overall fourth quarter numbers for the season, not just this stretch without Stephen Adams. They haven't been a four, good fourth quarter team all season. Um, no, now, but I, now we'll say part of that though was from the early part of the year where they were just blowing teams out, and the fourth quarter was nobody was playing. Yeah, so it, it'll be interesting if they can get everyone back, you know, because obviously, um, you know, it seems like Adams is close, like you know. Well, we could do a buy, sell shirt or go to Reddit on like, uh, we, we talked about it yesterday. Like when, when is Ja going to come back? Um, it seems like it won't be tomorrow. We'll probably know here in the next couple hours when they put out the injury report. And if he's, you know, they've, they've been listing him as out, not with team. Um, so we'll see if, if that's still the case. My gut tells me that's still going to be the case. Um, although I did take note that Taylor Jenkins' tone seemed to change based on his pregame availability and then his postgame availability last night. Did you notice that? Whereas no, so pre-game, I didn't. I so once the game ended in the fourth quarter, you know, I was like eleven. I was like, all right, I'm going to bed. So I did not. What did he say? Pregame. So pregame, he basically like he was kind of really pushing back. You know, I, I think it, I don't know which reporter it was who was it's Ben Golliver of the Washington Post. Yeah, who is kind of pressing him about, um, you know, the timetable comment, how there's no timetable. And, you know, Jenkins said to the, to, uh, to the effect of, you know, I think it's, 
you know, this is about Jaws well-being and him being in a better place. You know, it's disrespectful to talk about a timetable when that's at stake. And so, and I was like, oh, well, that, I, I read and saw that and I go, oh, well, that, he's not coming back Thursday. Like, that's not a coming back Thursday type of comment. But then after the game, there was, he basically gave the, you know, like, hopefully we get Steven, at, we get Steven back soon and hopefully we get Ja back soon. Like, that was the, that was the way he phrased it. Um, and so it was interesting to me that the tone changed. I don't know if it was on purpose. I don't know if, you know, I'm reading, you know, you, you know, one is supersedes the other. I don't know, but I just found it interesting that we had two kind of different types of comments regarding John Morant from Taylor Jenkins pre and post game. Yeah. I don't know. I, I still don't think it means he's going to play tomorrow, but yeah, you know. I, I, st- I think that's kind of the more interesting question. And this will, we'll, we'll just do it with a second buy, sell shorter, go to Reddit. So I'll, I'll do this one. Buy, sell shorter, go to Reddit. The Grizzlies should make the NBA discipline jaw rather than do it themselves. Because this was kind of what Golliver was pushing at was also why haven't why haven't the Grizzlies suspended him? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I think they're. I mean, I guess I would buy that. You know, ultimately, because, you know, if you can get the NBA to be the bad guy, so to speak, and you can be good cop who's there to support him, like that's ultimately probably probably better although i do you know worry about you know literally the situation we're just you know we just encountered where it felt like the organization was too good cop to ja and he got away with things that ultimately snowballed and built up to the point where he's having to do this now where he's taking a leave from the team um at the same time if you look at it from a long-term perspective you know the reality is this is a, you know, and I put this in my column back, back on Saturday. Like, this is a superstar, basketball superstar, unlike any Memphis has had, certainly the Grizzlies. Um, and, you know, the reality is, even though he signed this long-term deal, we've seen time and time again, if he's unhappy here, if he wants to go somewhere else, chances are in the current NBA landscape, he's going to be able to go force his way somewhere else. And that's the last thing you want if you're the Memphis Grizzlies, because you do not, you know, We've seen it's damn near impossible for a market like Memphis to get their hands on a superstar who has the capabilities that John Moran has. And so if the NBA is doing it rather than you, you know, does that make it easier? You know, does that long term um, help the relationship? My gut tells me probably at, at the same time, I'm I'm still I know some people say it's like a it's a it's like it's almost like he's definitely going to get some additional suspension from the NBA. And my question is just, is like, for what? If they don't find, if like he didn't bring the gun, if it's not his gun, if he didn't bring the gun on the plane, if they can't prove any of that, if he doesn't get charged with anything, like, are they just, they're just going to suspend him for like conduct detrimental to the league? Can they do that under the CBA when there's no actual, if there's no actual, you know, specific charge? My gut says yes, they can. I assume, obviously, the players' union would file some type of grievance and whatnot. But in the end, in the end, I I presume if they want to go the route of like full Goodell, my job is to protect the league. They won't really the 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 players' union won't now, be able to really. Woj over the weekend said on NBA Countdown 
that the NBA seemed, I don't know, satisfied is the right word, but seemed cool. Like they were like, they, they liked the way that this was being approached by the Grizzlies was kind of what he was insinuating. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to like the way the Grizzlies were handling it doesn't necessarily mean they're also going to suspend him on top of it. Like, like Woj seemed to indicate that this could, whatever the Grizzlies do, whatever time away Jaw spends from the team could be good enough for the NBA in the NBA's eyes. Cause ultimately it's a much more player friendly. And like, if this would, I think you're right. If David Stern was the commissioner still, John might already be suspended by the NBA. But Adam Silver's NBA is operated differently. They've wanted to be, you know, they're much more player friendly, I think, than than David than David Stern. They want to, you know, and so, um, I, you know, I'm not convinced he's going to get some additional NBA suspension unless now if if the gun is his and he brought it on the plane, like obviously he's going to get some sort of suspension from the NBA, and if he gets charged with something by the Colorado police and ultimately convicted, we've seen in the past, you will get suspended by the NBA for that. But if, you know, I'm skeptical if neither of those things happen, you know, like I'm not so sure the NBA is just going to look at it and go, well, you know, he's going to end up sitting out however many games he ends up sitting out right now. And, you know, that's good enough. I, I, you know, I'm not convinced one way or the other. I know some, some people are convinced he's going to get an additional punishment here. Uh, because of his conduct, um, and you know, I'm not saying that's not the case. I don't have good enough sources in the NBA to say one way or the other definitively. But you know, my feeling is is that um, the embarrassment of this, the fact that he's going to miss, it feels like it several games for the Grizzlies at the very least. Um, you know, that's that feels like a pretty good punishment to me for what he did ultimately, which is just really as we've noted on the show, just was a complete idiot. Didn't actually harm anyone, just was a complete idiot. So this is one of the strongest buys that we that I've ever had on the show. And to use your good cop, bad cop analogy, mm-hmm. I'm with you in terms of, well, maybe the Grizzlies being too much of a good cop might have led to this. The difference mm-hmm. is there's no, there wasn't, you know, you need a two-parent household, if you will, Mark. You need a good cop and a bad cop. And mm-hmm. the reality for me is the Grizzlies, if there's going to be an official suspension, the Grizzlies should 100% make the NBA do it. Because in the end, what you're seeing the problem is, well, the NBA, to your point, under Adam Silver, they want to be kind of good cop. They want to come across as buddy-buddy. But the reality is... You are there. The The league office is there to take the heat off the teams. You've already created this system where now you've, you have implicitly allowed star players. Were, like It used to be, remember the first thought was when they started adding the, the max contracts and whatnot, well, that would entice players to stay. Well, all that did was they said, okay, we'll sign the contract and then we'll ask out. And yeah. And so you've already created this environment where the teams are are beholden to the players. Well, it's time for you to like put your you know you have to play bad cop there. Like th- to me, that's that's the thing. Now, if you're going to tell me no additional punishments, whatever, then that's a different thing. But if there's going to be a punishment, mm-hmm. it should be coming from the league. It should not be coming from the Grizzlies because that asks them to 
that already starts to put them in a position that they don't really want to be in. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's, I think that's, if it's going to go that route, if he needs additional punishment, I think you're right. Like if I'm the Grizzlies, I'm saying, all right, you want to punish him more, you do it. Like that's on you, not us. All right, let's go to, let's go to another topic of conversation. And DeMichael Cole mm-hmm. has a story available over at the Commercial Appeal, commercialappeal.com. So you go and check that out. Here's the crux, Mark. Mm-hmm. The Grizzlies need more veterans in their locker room. Yeah, it's an interesting topic because I don't know if you saw this. So Danny Green came out with a new podcast today, mm. uh, Jeffrey, and spoke about John Moran. And was I don't know if, if it was enlightening, but like he, um, he basically said uh, twofold. He said, one, yes, he wished there were, more, there were a couple more veterans in the locker room to help get his message across, to help, that, to help the team mature. He said he wished he had more time. He, he once again, like, lamented. He, want, he wanted to stay in Memphis. Um, like, he lamented, like, how, you know, he wished he had more time around these guys to kind of um, guide them. And then he also said this. He said, he basically said, <laughs> uh, we all know it now, but he basically said, yeah, there's a few guys in that locker room that party, uh, you know, quite a bit. And, you know, Jaw's one of those guys who goes out quite a bit. You know, like, he, he just said that straight up on, uh, on his podcast. Um, you know, and he made a point to say, like, it's not everyone in that locker room. It's not even the majority, but there are a few, is how he put it. And he grouped Jaw in the few of guys who, you know, like to party. He, he didn't say too much or too, you know, he, he didn't make past judgment like that. But I think you can make an inference there. Um, to the fact that he's bringing it up like that. So you had that. Um, and then it was interesting. DeMichael also talked to Isaiah Thomas, the, 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 the Hall of Fame Isaiah Thomas, not uh, former Washington star uh, slash Celtic Isaiah Thomas, like Detroit Pistons Isaiah Thomas. And uh, Isaiah Thomas's point was, what other industry in the world with multimillionaires do you have just a room full of 23- and 24-year-olds? Like you need to have veterans in there, but then he also, DeMichael did speak to Jeff Van Gundy, who was basically like, you know, it's not about the age of the guys; it's about the guys you have in there, like their makeup, um, and you know, um, and you know, his point was, you know, like ultimately, the Grizzlies were running into maturity issues long before this Jaw stuff um, with some of the stuff, you know, the kind of. As he, you know, as he put it, sort of overconfidence, if you will, and the bravado they showed. Um, but um, so it's an interesting. So he had mo- a multitude. So basically, Jeff Van Gundy's point was: you don't necessarily need more veterans. You just need like mature. You know, you just need guys who are the right makeup and mature in, 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 a, in a locker room. Um, but I do think it's an interesting point because ultimately, you know, this season goes. If this season continues on the path it's on currently, where they're going to kind of limp into the playoffs and maybe not do any damage in the playoffs. Like I think the front office is going to have to seriously consider consider overhauling like four through eight or four through 10, excuse me, on the roster, if you will. Like obviously Jod, Jaron and Dez are your nucleus and, you know, maybe Steven Adams is here next year. But like, I think you have to, like if you limp into the playoffs the way you're playing right now, like if this continues for another month, and then you're a quick exit in the in the NBA playoffs. Like I think you have to reconsider overhauling the entire supporting cast because what I think one of the things that's been 
really concerning to me of late is like it just feels like they don't have enough good players. And it's been exacerbated by Brandon Clark being hurt. You know, obviously Jaws out too, but it just doesn't feel like they have enough good players on this roster anymore. Um, their, their, their depth has really taken a hit. And, you know, I think the more and more we go on, it, the more and more it feels like, you know, this front office has been very good for, I guess it's been four years since that Kleiman and company took over. I, I think it's, I think it's really becoming clear. And some people, you know, some people to credit them called it out right from the beginning, but like this was an ineffective off season this yeah. past off season. Um, you know, they, they did not, make the team better. Um, and uh, so, and in overhauling four through 10, would I like to see more veterans in that four through 10 mix? Yes, I would. So I'm buying this. I do think they need more um, in that locker room. And it's not like the star, you don't need star veterans necessarily, but you know, in that, you know, if, if, if John, Jaron and Des are your, are your top three, you know, maybe f- number four, and number six, if you will, you know, you got Steven Adams as your five, but like maybe those guys need to be more, you know, a little more, you know, a, a, a veteran who's been through the, the playoff battles. You know, they've got some, you know, like Steven Adams, it seems like, it sounds like, is a, you know, is a guy who, who's a good locker room influence, even though it didn't seem to work when he had that players only meeting with Ja. You know, Tyus Jones is a veteran, but like, it doesn't feel like he's like kind of a commanding presence, if you will. And he hasn't like been through those wars, if you will, that, you know, that, uh, that, uh, that you're looking for. Um, and frankly, like we've seen this season, like ultimately if Jaws healthy, like, I, you know, I, I like Tyus as a player, but if he can't play alongside John Morant and John Morant is healthy, it, it, it's a lot of money to be paying a guy who plays eight to 10 minutes a game. Um, and so, um, it's going to be really interesting if this thing continues on the path it's on right now, uh, because I think they're going to have to seriously question, you know, the makeup of the roster beyond that big three, if you will. All right. So I'm going to short this and I'm going to short this again, because to me, this is a, a popular opinion. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think they need. Mm -hmm. I think they need better players. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, what I think they need is better leadership. Because mm. I think when you look at it, in the end, and really this all this kind of all falls on John Morant. Like in the end, he's going to be the leader of the team de facto. It's to me, it's really no different than he's a he's a quarterback, essentially. And mm-hmm. by default, he's going to be the leader. And I don't think bringing in more veterans. Like in the end, the problem was they weren't listening. And yeah, but like sometimes you need, like you know, you're making the quarterback now. Sometimes you need Andrew Whitworth in there. You know, like you need that all, you know, that left tackle who commands respect. You know, you need like that. You know, like I, I, I remember, you know, like it's obviously different. Like I remember when the Wizards were struggling. I mean, I just look at. I guess this is how I look at it. If you're not going to listen to Stephen Adams, who are you going to listen to? You know what I mean? Like, bringing in another guy. Like, to me, like, in the end, though, this is all – I think you can bring in different voices and whatnot, but the reality is this franchise in the Morant era is going to go as far as Ja goes. Ja has to be a better – I think you saw when, like, for instance, his rookie year when Jay Crowder was in there, like, he really seemed to – 
He really seemed to. Yeah, but that was rookie job. This is now established. This is now like to me though. It. I'm. I just am basing it on this. This team and this franchise is going to go as far as he goes, and when this year, like in the end, you could kind of. I don't know. Like I could always get the sense. When Ja was even saying, like, that we're fine in the West comments, like, when he was talking and all that, I never got the sense that, like, everyone, like, that that was the prevailing thought in the locker room. I got the sense no, that think, that was... I think that was, the, that was a sign of, like, like that he put he put his teammates in a awkward positions where they had to say things they probably weren't necessarily comfortable saying yeah. just because they felt like they had to back him up. And so, to me, this all becomes, you know... Is John Morant going to decide that he wants to be as great as he can possibly be? And if he does decide that in the positive, then I think that fixes almost everything. Yeah, I still think they need a couple more vets. I think I, they could use they, – they like, they've been the youngest or third youngest team in the NBA for like three years now. Like, I'm not saying you need to bring in a bunch of older guys, but like, you know, I, I think they need some more – so um, I, I agree with you in theory, in the sense of bring in some older voices. I'm mm-hmm. looking at it from the approach of I don't. You want pl- you want players? Well, no, you know, I'm, I'm, want- I, it's not even necessarily a talent thing. I'm looking at it from the approach. I don't think that they're like. I think if you use the Jay Crowder example and and how he kind of set the tone. Well, those were bug-eyed rookies coming in, learning the ropes. Yeah, but I think I think John needs someone to show him how to be a leader. Like I think what we've seen this year is he has no idea how to lead a team from a like an emotional standpoint. Like he is not in a, um, he is not there yet. And like I think it would be helpful to everyone in that locker room to have someone show show them how to do it. And I think Danny Green, I think part of the problem was Danny Green wasn't playing most of the time he was here, and it's hard. You talk to uh, like NBA players, like it's hard to be a voice in a locker room, especially when you're new like that, when you're not playing. And I, I just, I think they might need someone in there who can show them kind of how to lead because I don't think they have anyone who really knows how to do it in that locker room. That's the sense I'm getting as we watch this play out. Uh, to quote Andy Kennedy, the wise, it's really easy to be Robin. It's really hard to be Batman. Yeah. So it, 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 you know, and hey, like, like you said, I mean, I do think there is a possibility here with these Grizzlies. Like, they're they're going through a rough patch, obviously, right now. And but like, if you look at the back half of this remaining schedule, there, especially if we make the assumption, you know, who knows when Jaw's going to come back? But like, doesn't it feel like he'll at least be back by like? I would assume he'll be back by the last few weeks of the season. I'm not. I would you know, at this point, if he's not playing basketball by April. If he's yeah. not playing basketball by April, I think that means that they linked the gun to him. Well, and they shut him. That means, like, to me, it's like they're going to, like, I, I'm, I'm not working under the assumption that he's being shut down for the year because that's not how they're talking. Yeah, like, they're I agree. They're not talking as if he's going to be shut down for the year. I think he's coming back at some point this season. And there is a chance over those last 10 games of the season for you to build some momentum and turn this, turn this, cruise ship in the in a different direction if you will um or to turn this yacht it's not a cruise ship like a yeah you know and get it headed pointed in that positive direction and have some momentum going into the playoffs and if you get the right matchups you know i still think they could advance and i still think they could 
make an impact. You know, I'm not convinced, you know, I'm not convinced they can get out of the West because that would involve, you know, essentially 12 fourth quarters, (laughs) playing 12 fourth quarters really well. And, you know, I don't know if they've done that all season. Uh, But I, I, you know, I still think it's salvageable, if you will, um, certainly. Um, They just got to get through this whole jaw saga, if you will, um, and come on out. You know, where they are when they come out the other end of that, that will be interesting because obviously the the Kings, you know, I know they're tied with the Kings now, but the Kings have a tiebreaker, so technically the Kings are in second now. You're in third. You're two and a half games up on Phoenix. Um, You know, do you fall? Are you going to fall to that four spot? I mean, it's possible. It certainly seems you know, the way they're playing right now. It certainly seems possible. Um, and if you're in that four spot, you know, you're talking about a pretty tough first round matchup. I think, like a you know, a true pick 'em, and maybe even the Grizzlies are an underdog first round matchup. You know, if you're playing the Warriors or you're playing the Clippers or you're playing um, Dallas, like those will be pick 'em series at best. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Mark, we appreciate it. Got to let you go now. All right, guys. That is Mark Giannato. When we come back, let's talk college basketball. We'll get David Cobb's thoughts on the AAC tournament as well as conference tournaments that are going on. Also, the linking of Chris Beard to Ole Miss. We'll discuss that with him next right here on Giannato and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM ESPN. Even a wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Place an NBA one-game parlay wager with four legs or more, and if you miss one leg, you'll receive up to $25 back in bonus bets. Just opt into this promotion on BetMGM's app or website. With one-game parlay, you can make selections within a single NBA game from tons of bet types, including team and player props. Opt into the promotion, then place an NBA one-game parlay wager of four legs or more and you'll get up to 25 bucks back in bonus bets if you miss one leg. Make a bold pick on your next parlay with BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, 21 years of age or older to wager, Tennessee only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. 
Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gaming support, call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. David Cobb covers college sports for CBSSports.com. He's on Twitter at David W. Cobb. Cobb, I want to get into the, the Chris Beard, I guess, loose reports. We'll get into that in just a moment. But let's start first with the AAC. I saw that Ken Palm has, I believe Houston is the most likely team of the conference tournaments that haven't started to win their conference tournament. What kind of shot would you give Memphis to knock them off? Well, obviously the, the second uh, second most likely to win the AAC behind Houston, no doubt. I mean, uh, I think Caesars has it at around Houston minus 330. That seems a little steep to me considering how uh, closely Memphis played Houston uh, twice in recent weeks. So I think Memphis absolutely has a shot. We know the old uh, uh, cliche of how difficult it is to beat a team three times in one season. And I think that certainly rings true in the case of Memphis and Houston because you know Memphis will be chomping at the bit for another chance at Houston, uh, especially considering Houston is leaving the league. I think that adds even even one more sort of psychological uh, motivating factor to Memphis in a potential title matchup with Houston. Uh, you don't want those guys to leave for the Big 12 uh, cutting down nets and holding up a trophy. So uh, that would be a, a really sort of momentous victory in, in program history if Memphis could get it done in, in a theoretical AAC title game. So, you know, I think they've got they've got the, the talent to do it. We saw that at FedEx Forum on Sunday. So, um, Memphis certainly has a shot. After that, I mean, who knows? I think I think there's some interest in in Cincinnati and Tulane and UCF and, and Temple. I mean, those, those teams have at least shown flashes of competence this season. Uh, but I guess I would be pretty surprised if there were anybody other than Houston and Memphis in the final. Yeah, I just kind of look at it. Do you let's let's take the projected path. So Memphis is likely to get UCF. I would be stunned if UCF. If, if UCF loses to SMU, but at the same time, I don't know. It's a Johnny Dawkins team. Who knows? But that SMU team leaves a lot to be desired. But you knock off UCF on Friday. Another team that's been playing better basketball and has given some teams some problems has been Wichita State. And Wichita State just popped Tulane last week. If you get UCF and Wichita State on your path to Sunday, and then, let's see... Houston's going to get the winner of Tulsa. I'm already blanking. Like, and then they, then it's yeah. going to wind up being Houston gets either East Carolina or South Florida. Yeah, so, so that's they, they, they take walk into the semis. Correct. But then they they could have to play Temple, who did go to Houston and win. And then and then Memphis, if they play UCS, it was a split during the regular season. And then Tulane, who they would potentially play in the semis, they swept Memphis. So it's actually not a cakewalk for the top two seeds. It just to me, it feels like the type of the time of year. I'm with you entirely. I think these two be at their best. I yeah. I know Tulane popped Memphis twice. I think that Tulane presented a bad matchup for the Tigers. But if you look at it, I feel like these two teams have been the two most consistent teams throughout the year in the league, and one has been more consistent than the other. 100. percent And and Houston. I think it's getting slept on nationally for how good they are, which to me is great for Memphis. Like people around the country aren't watching that game Sunday and saying, wow, Memphis uh, lost to Houston on a buzzer beater. Watch out for the Tigers. Um, really Memphis would have had to win that game to get the attention of the country. So the reality is Memphis, I think is being slept on because Houston is being slept on. Uh, and, and so in that sense, I, I really do think 
one, Houston's going to be on my short list of national title picks when we make those for the site on Selection Sunday. And then Memphis will be a team that I strongly consider, depending on the draw, of course, uh, to, to maybe pull an upset in the second round of the big dance. Because we've talked about this, but they've played Houston twice uh, really closely. They nearly beat Alabama. Those two teams are, in all likelihood, going to be number one seeds in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, you look at that, and then you look at the fact that UCLA now going to be without Jalen Clark, a potential one seed. Purdue struggling. They're a potential one seed. Haven't been at their best recently. Uh, Kansas would really be the only matchup for Memphis in an 8-9 versus one game in the second round of the NCAA tournament that I would be afraid of if I'm Penny Hardaway. I think all the other likely number one seeds are teams that Memphis should be, feel confident about being able to hang with uh, next weekend. All right, let's turn our attention. So we have various reports. Matt Norlander of CBSSports.com is reporting the University of Mississippi has met with Texas coach, former Texas coach, Chris Beard, and is in the process of vetting him to potentially be the next head coach of its men's basketball program, sources confirmed to CBS Sports. I know there are some people, Cobb, that are saying this is a done deal. I think that's a little too far ahead. But I think right now the entire search is focused on Chris Beard and the fact that it has gotten this public to me suggests they're probably just waiting. They're waiting to sign the papers. They're waiting for the the season to end. If indeed Chris Beard is the hire, in your mind, how big of a risk is that for Ole Miss? Well, it puts you know Keith Carter's job in the crosshairs or really anyone in that administration who signs off on this because if there is a recurrence – of the behavior that got him fired at Texas, uh, you just invite untold amounts of embarrassment upon yourself. So it's a huge risk in that sense because whoever signs off on this is essentially uh, uh, signing their own death warrant from an employment perspective because you don't go out and hire the coach who was arrested on felony domestic violence charges just a few months in the past and then get a pass if he somehow uh, ends up in that situation again. So they must feel real confident that it was a, a uh, an aberration, not something that's a pattern in, in Chris Beard's past. Um, but I think it's interesting because if you think about it from a basketball standpoint, this no doubt about it signals how serious Ole Miss is about being successful at basketball. Uh, this is this is a, a risk, but it's a risk that could have a tremendous payoff because of how good of a coach he is. So. I mean, just go and look at it. Who in the country right now uh, is going to have clearly a better football and basketball coaching combination than Ole Miss? If, if Chris Beard is the hire, Lane Kiffin and Chris Beard? I mean, come on. That, that is as good of a one-two punch as there is anywhere in college sports. And I suppose you know, the, well, it the depends. college World Series champions on top of that. So uh, interesting times in Oxford. I suppose who else would be in consideration? Bama? I mean, Alabama, Alabama potentially. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, I guess the way that I look at it like this, I don't know if I would have the stones to do this, but Keith Carter is a former player and a former basketball player. Basketball means a lot to him. The program is probably about as low as it's ever been. I mean, Cobb, they were getting maybe like 11, 1,200 people at certain games. I understand the thought process of we're already at the very bottom. Like why bottom out? Like this is, there's no other opportunity to hire him. Again, I stress, I don't know if I'd have the stones to do it. I do kind of get it. 
Yeah, now the next question is, if he's hired, does he bring Mark Adams? Because, <laughs> you know, Mark Adams yeah. got all that credit for being his defensive coordinator at Texas Tech, and now Mark Adams might be on his way out at Texas Tech. I think that's probably a little far-fetched. Uh, you're already going to be getting a lot of criticism. You might invite uh, even more unnecessarily on yourself for that. But no, I, it, it's a great hire. I think what we're seeing now in some ways is a little bit of a trial balloon. And the, the sport is so busy with so many other things going on right now. Jim Beheim hinting at his environment. Uh, and then, you know, Jalen Clark from UCLA out for the season. All six power conference tournaments either starting or ramping up today. Uh, the list goes on. We're three days, four days, whatever, away from Selection Sunday. So is Ole Miss's basketball coaching high? I'm sorry, you broke up. Say, say that, ask the question again. Oh, basically just the idea of, the, like, this is a, a deep – make a, a controversial hire because there's so much else going on. And, and it's maybe not going to get all the attention and, and the outrage that it might on a slow news week. I mean, I haven't seen Walken weigh in yet. Um, yeah, that, exactly, that, exactly. that was a little bit surprising. I mean, I think that if you want to kind of take the skeptical approach, you could say this. It's going to be bad PR for a few days, but the tournament starts next week. And, and to your point, like... I don't know. You know what I mean, like we just find something else to get outraged about. I mean, you know yeah. what I mean. Like people still don't feel great about Alabama, but it's not part of every conversation right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, Brandon Miller talked today for the first time. I'll actually be at the SEC tournament uh, in the morning uh, through through Saturday, and it's going to be interesting to to kind of see the dialogue there amongst the assembled media about you know if the Chris Beard thing goes through. So sort of how are we talking about that? How is that being framed in light of the, in light of the uh, Brandon Miller stuff? Well, uh, I think you mentioned this or somebody did recently, but like, you know, you got this idea of, all right, uh, Brandon Miller can play basketball. He was cleared of wrongdoing in a, in a, in a terrible situation. Uh, Hugh Freeze is welcomed back to the SEC, right? After yeah. his transgression. And uh, so who's to say that, that uh, Chris Beard, cleared of, of wrongdoing from the criminal standpoint uh, shouldn't be as well. I, I, I Look, I, I'm, I'm not saying that that's what I believe. I think there's, like we talked about this last week, I think you and I did, the idea that, like, what if photos yes. surface? Yeah, you and I did. The, the alleged incident. I, I mean, that's that's going to be really to deal with. Um, I, I, yeah, you know, this, this, you know, and it does remind me of the Donnie Tindall situation. Uh, when, when Tennessee hired Donnie Tindall, and there were obvious red flags, and then, then after one year, it blew up in their face. So there is risk. There's a huge amount of risk on Ole Miss's part hiring Chris Beard. But like we talked about, the payoff is, is insane and immense. Look at what he did at Little Rock in year one there. He took over a team that was coming off of a losing season, and he won 30 games immediately. Year two at Texas Tech, he had the Red Raiders in the national title game. Uh, this year at Texas – he assembled a team that very well may still reach the Final Four uh, even after losing its head coach midway through the season. So uh, Chris Beard is on the short list of best coaches in college basketball. And uh, if you're willing to deal with the, the, the PR backlash, then it is a, a high reward hire, there's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it is the best coach that you can hire, but it comes with baggage. I mean, you know, and in the end, the reason why you can hire him is because he does have the baggage, but... I don't know. It'll be, it'll be fascinating to see it develop. All right, you mentioned with Bayheim because I wanted to ask you this before we let you go. 
So they lose, not quite at the buzzer. I think there were five-tenths of a second. Wake hits a three. Heroic push by the young men from from Winston-Salem. But after the game, he was asked about his future, according to Joe Ovis. He's a radio guy in Raleigh. And he said it wasn't his typical chippy response you'd expect. It actually sounded like a guy who knows it's over. He said he gave his retirement speech last Saturday and that it's, quote, up to the university. There's been a lot of smoke that, indeed, this would be it for Bayheim. What do you make of this? Yeah, I kind of feel like this is the same song and dance that we've done every year for the past several years uh, with Jim Bayheim, who is now 78 years old, who's fielding retirement for the better part of a decade. Uh, so to me, it, it done, done. It, it feels enough. I, I felt like I needed to go in and update the uh, the story file that we had prepared for this uh, a year ago. Yeah, when they got bounced from the ACC. It is time, just from a program standpoint, if this is really up to the university, like Jim Beheim says, and he's sort of giving them that out to uh, sort of push him away or whatever, ask him to retire, I don't know. He's giving them the opportunity to reinvigorate their program, and they need to take it. Because you're looking at consecutive years now where Syracuse has finished at around 500, missed the NCAA tournament, and this is coming at a time when the ACC is as gettable as ever with North Carolina down, with Duke transitioning away from Coach K, uh, Florida State down, Mike Bray retiring. Uh, this isn't a time to let your, your program languish uh, in mediocrity. And I think Syracuse uh, should absolutely take the out that Jim Beheim is giving them and, and, and go make a change. Cobb, we appreciate it, buddy. Enjoy uh, conference championship weekend. Hey, will do. Thanks, man. That is David Cobb of CBS Sports. When we come back, let's get into the list. We had AAC honors. We'll get into that. Some stuff from around the NBA. Talk Tiger women's as they continue their push to try to make the NCAA tournament. We'll do all that on the list coming up next right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN. WMFS FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. How do you know I have three sons? You know where my three sons and I all go for our dentist needs? Of course we go see Dr. Matty Sadegi. Of course we do. We have been for Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 